Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to our listeners of the Mead Chronicles Sport Podcast Talk Good Game. I am Fergal Lynch, a little bit worse to wear this morning uh, after Mead's heroics in the ladies' All-Ireland Senior Football Final in Pro Park yesterday. And I'm delighted to be joined. The old team is back. I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, Hi, very welcome. Uh, thank you, Fergal. Well, uh, yes, I heard you were in the nice book last night, Fergal. Uh, hanging out with chandeliers is what I heard about four o'clock in the morning. I'm afraid I don't think those chandeliers are reinforced <laughs> enough, Jimmy, to have me hanging out with them. But uh, it was certainly an excellent night, uh, a great occasion. Um, and I think maybe God must be a carry man because... Um, while he was happy enough to let Mead celebrate, he punished me for maybe my over-exuberant celebrations. I couldn't get a taxi home from Knightsbrook. Yeah. Had to walk, which was a considerable walk for somebody of my uh, age. Vintage, yes. And also then woke up this morning on a flat tyre, so obviously late into work. But um, look, at, I'm, I'm happy enough to take those little uh, punishments for my celebrations in the press box. Normally meant to be a, a reserved enough area, meant to be a quiet area where we're not allowed... Uh, show our true colours too much in there but it was very hard Jimmy to contain ourselves at the final whistle yesterday yeah you, you jumped up a couple of times Fergus, I suppose the goals and so on you know um, uh, so Mead scored the goals but I, I mean when is the last time you, you heard a roar like that when Mead got goals or even turnovers or even uh, well delivered pass there was these the, the, the cheer the roar and the players referred to that I spoke to a few players afterwards as well and they all pretty much all refer to that the massive roar and it must be what what, what must it be like to be out there in a, in a stadium like that what 46,000 was it yesterday 46,000 um, yeah great yeah, crowd you know, yeah. I, I know the LGFA were hoping for 40,000 they, they weren't expecting to to match the record of 56,000 a few years ago but Dublin, you know, when uh, the dubs aren't there and, and uh, but huge crowd great need support uh, good carry support actually as well which added the green and gold to, to the colours of the place it looked well yeah the 46,000 was probably over the whole day but there was I, 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 you know it was at least 40,000 at, at least there when we and Kerry started and uh, created whipped up this tremendous atmosphere and as I say the, the momentum helped to revive the team because they did need to some they made a very poor start as you know and they need they did need something to get them moving didn't they you know? yeah just just before we get into the game even it, it, we're a county that started the success and um in GA terms over the last well, whatever 20 odd years and you think it's 2001 since the men were last in an All-Ireland Senior Final but the ladies have, have really you know that was their fifth All-Ireland Final appearance in succession unbelievable to keep going and keep going and get to that final day every year and yeah. Three All Ireland titles in a row for a county that starved the success. This Mead Ladies team are feeding us, filling our bellies. Yeah, it's sustaining. They're, they're sustaining us. Um, but, but there is a tremendous connection between the, this Mead team and supporters. I've never seen this in, in any team uh, down the years. You know, because it, the, the team goes around after matches uh, and they talk to supporters. They're they're. Yeah, I mean, if, if any of the players, the players, especially, I suppose, the, the leading players had a, a euro for every uh, selfie they were asked to take over the last year or so, especially. You'd be, you. They'd be, well, I was <laughs> going to say you, but uh, they'd be millionaires at this stage anyway. And, you know, there is, there is that tremendous connection. And it's brilliant to see because they're they're not you know they're not they're not um, playing for themselves in one sense uh, you know they're they're very much playing for the for their for their neighbours their club colleagues for their uh, friends it's and uh, I think that you know that that spirit is one of their, their main strengths. Well, it's it's actually something that there's a lot of things that we can uh, we can criticise the LGFA for. Uh, Namely, failing to open Hill 16 for the game yesterday, seemingly financial costs or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of things we can criticise the LGFA for. Yeah. Well, you, you were saying 40,000 cost. Right, so I heard rumours saying it was 40, and other people says it's going to cost 20,000 to open it up and wasn't going to be financially viable. But they really missed an opportunity when you see the celebrations on Hill 16 last year and the photographs of the me team in front of Hill 16 last year. I thought that was, that was lost. And I know a lot of people didn't go to the game because they weren't able to go with their mates they weren't all able to get a ticket together in the stands so they weren't able to stand in groups of 30 and 40 and sing their songs uh, in the stands like they would be able to do in Hill 16 I just think that was 
a serious missed opportunity from the GA. But my point is, I was making the point that we can criticise them for a lot of things. But the LGFA, or suppose the, the GA yeah, have, the, no, have they call whether to open the stand? Or yeah, they, but the, I, I, the my point is, my point is that what they must be praised for is their publicity of the game and their promotion of the game was second to none mm. and the access and availability to players before the game. Like there's a superb interview with Mary Kate Lynch and yesterday Sunday Independent full back and I know it was mentioned on, on the off the ball paper review on Sunday that um you know in the men's game there's absolutely no way a manager would allow access uh, for the media to a 20-year-old player in only her second season playing, give her access in the week before an All-Ireland final. And you get such a great insight into what a brilliant person Mary-Kate Lynch is, what what it takes to be a winner, what it's like to be involved in an All-Ireland winning team. And that type of access isn't there in the men's game. And I think the men's game are, are going to lose lose out on an awful lot. There's no promotion of the men's game anymore. Well, I, I never understood this this reluctance. And we've come across it very well over the years of managers, even at club level, coming up to a big uh, county final or whatever. Um, managers stopping you, talking to the players. Are, are they afraid to distract them? But it, to me, it's, it's, it's more that they don't trust them. Because Eamon Murray, you can you can talk, you know, Eamon would say, well, you, you talk to whoever you want, and yeah. you know he has no problem, and uh, it's it's great. He trusts the, the, the players, and it, you know, I don't I don't understand that. Uh, is it is it because they're afraid they're going to say something out of place and 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 give the opposition some uh, a reason? You know, the old thing of we'll stick it. Stick up it I, 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 don't know that, I don't know if that still goes on for these days of, of uh, psychologists and very hard to stick a mobile phone up on a wall and say look what somebody wrote about you on Facebook or look what somebody wrote about you on well, some of these fan forums yeah, it's very hard to stick out, you know it was, yeah it's a fair point like you know the, I know some 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 titles out there and, and some uh, publications like to go down the salacious route and if they if somebody does say something stupid or out of place or uh, words can be twisted and headlines can be put in stories and that's all that sticks in people's minds and that puts players and managers off opening up to the media but they're not I, I do always say to players or managers you're not opening up to the media it's not us like it makes no difference to me or to you whether they talk you're talking to the supporters through the medium of your podcast your local radio your local newspapers that's the that's yeah. the supporter on the streets access to you yeah but I, I suppose a player will get it's possible that a player will sort of say something and it'll give the other team oh look he or he, he could say maybe uh, we, we're going to beat him we're, we, you know a confident player maybe might say that and it, it's going to be blown out of all proportion it's yeah. going to be used then look, so they, they, they made a big hullabaloo about Kerry advertising their post All-Ireland final party in D2 um, last week and people were saying oh this is going to give Galway ammunition didn't it shite give Galway ammunition that's to me that if a team needs something like that needs a member somebody on the opposing team to say something to get them up to get them riled up to get them passionate for an All-Ireland final then they're, they shouldn't be there well, that's you, not what you've it's managed about. some teams or coach teams anyway, have, you, have you ever put never. A, stuck a page up in the dressing room never never, never <laughs> as I say it's never. hard to stick a phone I know I went to a game I went to a game uh, I was coaching a game at uh, last year and uh, one of the managers on the opposition side came over and says oh yeah actually I never got a chance to say anything to you before you wrote you wrote us off for a minor final I was like god when was that? It was about 15 years earlier. <laughs> and it obviously stuck in the mind. People and I, forget I think it was Dumboyne against Dumboyne's and I I had blown up Dumboyne oh, yeah, and well, went out and, and beat them. So, well, you know, fair enough. That's that's. Well, some people can take it personally. If I, It's been said to me as well about, oh, you wrote us off at the start of the year. You didn't give us a chance. Keep on backing us or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then I get it with winning. my own club. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and you, go, you go, oh, you're only playing down your own club's chances. No, I'm trying to be fair enough here. But anyway... Right. Uh, we digress from uh, the point I was trying to make in that you know the accessibility like Mary Kate uh, an outstanding interview as I said with Darren Crow Vicky Wall Emma Duggan um, Neva Sullivan were all made available to the media at the press night uh, the week before the final 
who were outstanding yesterday. So I don't think spe- speaking to the mm. media uh, upset their preparations yeah, or was, put them in. And he said they were absolutely outstanding. Of course, yeah, well, of course, all that relate, is related to the, the mind, I guess. And uh, Neva uh, Sullivan, in an interview uh, I was talking to her afterwards with, with one or two other reporters, uh, she mentioned we, we touched on that issue of psychologists and how uh, she was in the zone and the players were in the zone. Um, she didn't read anything coming up to the match. She just took consciously didn't want to read any articles, and maybe that's one of the reasons why she became player of the match. Yeah, because yeah. she was so focused. I, no, I don't but believe it, that. Right? No, I don't believe that. That uh, she was player of the match because she didn't read articles. But she consciously now she said she she. Yeah, she stayed away from them. Maybe she might want to get distracted by it, but that wasn't the reason. The reason she was player of the match is because she's an outstanding footballer. She scored one, two. She was superb. And, and you know, not reading articles doesn't make Jesus. If not reading articles made you a good footballer, <laughs> there'd be an awful lot of uh, extreme talented players out there. But Well, we've, we've, we've seen it fairly before how players, you know, don't don't perform in the big day or you know Neve is a, of course an exception he's an extremely experienced player you know and uh, yeah it can happen yeah but, but I guarantee you nobody that didn't perform on the big day turns around on the Monday morning and goes oh jeez I shouldn't have read that article <laughs> last Thursday or Friday that that really put me out of my game I shouldn't have done that uh, no I, I don't buy into that and I and I do buy into the sports psychology I know Kelly Fay is doing uh, as you said Neil praised her to the hilt about the uh, the work the sports psychologists done with the Mead ladies the Limerick uh, hurling the captain um, after they're all Ireland with yes. praise to sports psychologists. Yeah, Kerry yeah. sports psychologist plays a huge part in in their setup as well. So they're really becoming the, an the integral men's team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, the Kerry men's team. Yeah. yeah, they really are becoming an integral part of uh, a management setup. But I think it's because players have so much going on in their lives, and when they come to football, then they've got other sets of demands from managers and coaches. That managers and coaches now think, you know what, maybe these players might need somebody else to talk to just to lighten the load coming into training. And I think that's what sports psychologists are doing. And it definitely has its place. Well, the mind. Uh, uh, do you remember your, your school poetry, uh, Fergal uh, uh, Hopkins? Oh, I wondered uh, only as a cloud. Right, that's well, about well, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> about, yeah. That sounds appropriate for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, uh, Jared Manley Hopkins, he said, the mind, the mind has mountains. Yeah. You know, and uh, Phantom Steep, uh, all the rest of it, so a yes. line like you that. You didn't do a whole lot of your own poetry there, Jimmy. None <laughs> no, no, of that uh, rhymed. Uh, Absolutely no. none of that rhymed well, it in my way. Well, it doesn't have to rhyme. Poetry doesn't have to rhyme. I don't know. I don't know. And, none uh, of it rhymes. If, it's not, if it doesn't rhyme, it's not poetry. He's talking about the mountains, uh, the mind having mountains and so on. So it's a brilliant line, I think, you know. But it, anyway, it, 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 it uh, illustrates the how the mind can... Uh, you know, can work to our advantage or not work to our advantage yeah. if we don't work on it. Yeah, and that's why you see sports teams and GA teams, especially um, in recent years, going down that psychology route. And um, Kelly Fay, as we said, has done a great job with the Mead ladies. But uh, other people have obviously done great jobs as well. And, and uh, yeah, you know, Eamon Murray as manager and Paul Garrigan as, as head coach, uh, Shane Wall there with him, Mark Brennan We're as well. Um, you know, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to leave people out. We do have the list here. We've, uh, Haley, Haley Clark is the physios with Barry McIntyre Physio, and Haley's a great physio. John Peters, Dr. Peters is yeah. Dr. John, helps out there. And Michelle Grimes is the female liaison officer. Of course, they've an all star goalkeeper. In Irene Munley as the goalkeeping coach, uh, and Mark uh, Brennan, who worked uh, with Mark, his selector with me. Uh, oh no, uh, no, he didn't. No, 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 that's no a, different, yeah. different man altogether. Yeah, yeah. Um, but probably one of the key men um, that that transformed this Mead team, along with along with Paul Garrigan's tactics, is the fitness work of strength and condition coach Eugene Evers, um, and. You can really see the benefit of the work that has gone in in terms of fitness. And you have to be fit to play that high octane game that me play. Well, they're superbly fit. Unfortunately, you know, this team has been basically together more or less the last six years. Now, one or two personal changes on the way. But it looks like 
Fergal, it could it could break up now. It could be all about to um, with, with certain people going. Not only the team, we, we know Vicky Wall and Orla Lally are going to uh, Australia, but some of these might be going to the Mead footballers. We believe. Yeah, well, there's well, none of that is confirmed. And again, it's like a no. lot a lot of rumours going around. Yeah, Orla and Vicky are heading off to Australia to play Australian Rules next Friday, and. Uh, Absolutely wish them the best of luck. I hope Certainly they have a great do. time down there. And I hope what, a, what an opportunity is for these uh, young unbelievable. people. Unbelievable. Young young girls to go off there. Um like Orla played minor, was our minor captain in twenty nineteen. So she's still only you know, twenty one, twenty two years of age. Um Vicky Wall is only twenty four, twenty five. Um should look it up. But uh, she's uh, still only a young girl. Why shouldn't they go off and you know sample life and, and see how they get on? They'll be back in the green and gold or the white and green as it was yesterday. They'll be back wearing knee jerseys and I have no doubt that when they come back or even with what they're gone, there's strength and depth there now that Mead can compete for another All Ireland. The huge question mark is now, will this management team stay in place? So there is talk, of course, that Paul Garrigan um, could be approached to join uh, Colm O'Rourke's setup. Well, as has been in, approached. Uh, uh, I'm not well, sure. We don't know. We're not sure yeah. about that. No, we're, rumors are found. Uh, also talk, Eugene Evers could go and be part of the yeah. strength and conditioning team. Eugene uh, had worked with the Donegal men's team that won the All-Ireland. So he has good pedigree there as well. Uh, Mark Brennan has done outstanding work. There. I think there's a hope that he might stay on but there's also question marks over Eamon Murray whether Eamon is going yes. to stay on Eamon has done six years there now um, and, it, uh, and, and loves yeah. it uh, and, and but needs that strong coaching team around it but I think Eamon as I said six years been to five All-Ireland final days yeah. uh, three National League finals couple of provincial finals what more does he have to prove he's, he's go down in the annals of, of me GA history now absolutely but he, he's got a, also his own business a tiling business and uh, you know he, managing an, any inter-county team especially All-Ireland champions and, and the way Meath have progressed in recent years it, may, it takes a huge amount of time and commitment <laughs> does, does Eamon want to do that you know um, Amaz- another year amazes me about Eamon about you know he's become very accustomed to the media end of it in the last couple of years because needs must he's had to stand up in front and he's got good but I'm amazed that nobody has has jumped on him commercially like Eamon mm. is still driving around his van Thailand van and his name I don't think his name I think he, his name isn't on the side of it anymore but I'm amazed that nobody has given Eamon Murray a sponsored car right. but Eamon Murray isn't out advertising stuff like he is so marketable as a as a as a late LGFA personality, he is so marketable. He he's adored by the Mead supporters. If you heard the reception he got, the loudest cheer tonight coming into Knightsbrook last night was right. for Emma Murray. Well, he's a very Absolutely. he's a very affable guy yeah. and a gentleman, and he'd always speak to you, you know. And uh, he's a very popular man and 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 a high achiever. But that was shown last night in, oh, in the night. Just group. the cheer he got was amazing. It was a great night, a great reception for the team back in there. There was there must have been there was thousands around Knightsbrook last night. I felt mm. sorry for the people that had the hotel booked for a wedding. There was a wedding in Knightsbrook last right. night, and they arrived. People were arriving for the wedding, and there's. 2,000, 3,000 meat supporters hanging around. Right. It was just, uh, but anyway, it was a great night and Eamon got this huge support. I'm just amazed. You see the amount of people that are driving around in sponsored cars and, and get this, that, you know, suits and are tugged out by people to wear suits. But Eamon has to be one of the most marketable guys and affable guys in, in, the, in the game. And uh, nothing. A, I'm not sure any of the girls actually have anything. Like Vicky Wall is a yeah. uh, is a magnificent personality, and and is going could have a career in the media or mm-hmm. as a, a LGFA personality alone. Yeah, if she wanted. I mean, it is a difficult one for him, and isn't it? Uh, you know, to walk away now because he did indicate in uh, um, the post-match interview yesterday that this team could go on to win three and four. Yeah, you know, if it if it stays together, even if it doesn't stay together, uh, there's other players emerging to the ranks. You know, but does he want to sort of? be the leader for another campaign that's that's so to, you know to walk away from that Fergal after the, the you know perhaps one among the greatest days of his life you know to experience all that 
um, and to walk with is not an easy thing. Just when you mentioned that, his, his post-match interview, I think uh, we'll, we recorded the post-match interview with Eamon and Morrow Shotnessy uh-huh. in the auditorium uh under, in the belly of Hogan stand there yesterday so uh, we'll just take an opportunity to play that now it's about an 8 or 9 minute interview so um, if you want to have a listen to this interview now and Murray it takes a good team to win an honour and it takes an even better team to retain it yeah but they're, they're a very special bunch so it takes a very special bunch to do that though, to go two in a row and uh, like we started here off quietly won the league not without playing well and started championship then Look at the draw, point up, Woodward's. We're getting better and better. We kept the best of the last again today. So. And it was good to, to give us a handy day out, so not be sweating at the end. You did say that, that your preparations had it timed exactly, and it was timed to this day. The perfection, yeah. And we knew that. So uh, we weren't that worried during the week. Like, uh, look at the strange times to be a, a lead football manager. So uh, it can only help in the future. Look at that crowd we had there today. It was amazing. My God. There's no one left. It's, all, it's worthwhile doing it for them alone. Like. And you got a bit emotional as well. Yeah, you have to get that. Losing players and stuff, so. You're probably good enough to win three or four in a row, but we won't. But we'll, we'll uh, worry about that next week. But it has been a fantastic few years for me football when you look at where you have been and the journey that you've been on. Ah, yeah, it, it has been. Uh, I think we showed Kerry and a few other teams that it can be done. And uh, Kerry probably taught during the week that the. They know all of our system and how we play. So Dublin caught the same last year, but when you hit this system, you know all about it. Like Kerry have been held to what's 1718 for a long, long time. So we got the goals there. That's our highest goal going a long, long time. So just um, you, and the start, you know, a slow start, but as was in the Donegal game, you just were able to up your performance. You know, you had that in you. You could switch your game around. Yeah, and then that was uh, we hit three or four maybe five balls short as well and then that didn't help so uh, it, it left a bit harder even so you know and we're getting a few of the stars here thank God Ashburn contingent <laughs> take the pressure off <laughs> yeah thank God it's written on the iffies were you worried early on were you concerned ah no 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 you never be worried this bunch and I mean that not for a second no yeah, yeah. no the response was brilliant that time three different players scoring goals like Bridget came off the bench and she was magic she had the best game of her life it was amazing like that. the Bourne came on and all our subs did very well today. We're told during the week that we didn't have subs, but I think we've proved today we have, you know. It's strength and depth, yes. Yeah. When it conceded goal early on is the time to concede it. Yeah. It was a cracking goal it was now from Louise, yeah. But after that we closed up shop and uh, we were very good after that. As I said, we did miss a fair few and we dropped a few lots short as well. Yeah, so you were concerned at, uh, you weren't concerned at half time? Yeah, well, a little bit of a breeze second half as well, but, but to win won't win games, but uh, oh no, that, that crowd, you'd have to win for that crowd. The, the lift they gave us today was just, and I'm sure these girls will tell the same thing here, that lift was just a turnover or a point or a wide for them was just a magic. I'd say we were probably as many supporters there as the other five teams put together, you know. It wouldn't have been any different for me. Was there a point this year, Raymond, where you felt maybe we were on the way with pressure here that we, you know, maybe we haven't quite got back to where we were? You know, the, the, big game, the big game for me all year was always Galway. I know all about them. I watched them in the, the club final last year as well, and they won that easy. I know how good they were, and they were did 15 outstanding, or 20 outstanding, outstanding talented players. And they scored 111. That's the most score we can see in the long time, you know. So they are a good team, and we're Emma's class point that they changed the year probably for us. No. You've had a few big moments like that, Emma, and different players. Yeah. Different times. Yeah. Different. It was all the players' job today, and all stepped up to the mark today, and they certainly did all that. You mentioned the two girls there, and, and other girls leaving. Like, was that the perfect send off? Oh, perfect. Like, that's why it's probably a bit emotional for us all. Yeah. So, uh, it won't be easy. Yeah. Does it feel like a bit of a change in the guard now, and we won't worry about it? Yet? No, I won't worry at all about it. To have two other in their pocket, so they can do it, go with pride in their head up. And we wish them luck and look forward to coming back. And we'll be back, another one. Tomorrow, is there any panic when the first one, two down after a couple of minutes, or is the process always to keep working away? No, I think we're quite good at not panicking. Um, we've been further behind at times um, throughout the last couple of years, and it hasn't, hasn't faced us. Um, we're just a team that doesn't really do panic. Um, you know, in terms of even the personalities on the team, it's a very chilled bunch of girls. Everyone's quite laid back and easy going, and I suppose that's the key to why we all get on so well. You know, there's no, 
you know, there's no, yeah, big, big personalities. Everyone's just very chilled and, you know, under pressure. Um, we just perform, but I suppose that's been drilled into us as well from our, our management team. Um, you know, we've practiced and practiced. We've done errors and errors and errors. Well, the last to leave Drumgaddy. You know, we do these things over and over and over again. So, you know, when you practice things that much, it just becomes habit. So, no, we knew, look, we knew what Kerry were going to bring. We knew they're fantastically skilled footballers, especially at getting goals. So it wasn't a shock. Um, but I suppose we just knew, you know, we had to kind of switch on then and not let more goals go in and leave mountain for us to climb. Um, but no, panic didn't set in. Experience the last few years must have been a huge help to you where today yeah I suppose it is and you know this group including management have been together for six years nearly you know so that's that's special in itself um, and I suppose that is the secret if you like to our success is that we've we've stayed together you know we know each other so well so even though you know there are a vast range of ages on the team you know there's there's a lot of experienced players who are maybe in their 30s and then some in their early 20s so you know um, I think experience probably did stand to us today was that final whistle feeling just as sweet this year or sweeter? Yeah, it's, it's completely different. I think all year has been completely different. Um, you know, I know people have been saying we haven't been playing as well this year, but look, I, I don't see it like that. I just think other teams have gotten better. Um, you know, and it's like it's such a tough competition and it really is just great for ladies football that teams like the bar just is constantly rising and rising and you know we haven't been allowed to play our game but that's not because we're not playing it's because other teams aren't letting us do it anyway so you know the standard of ladies football is constantly rising and rising and like it's it's such a privilege to be involved in the sport and to be involved um with such a competitive team um and i suppose in a, such a competitive competition um and yeah i suppose you know it's just it's more of a testament to the other teams than i suppose a, a fault of ours there was obviously a lot of talk about back-to-back on the outside, like was there in the group even this week or was it just another game? No, I suppose, look, again, we've always approached it one game at a time um, and I suppose we've quite rigid routines on what we do leading up to matches, whether it's an all in final or the first round of the league, so, you know, that doesn't change. And again, habit, like it's just something that we've practiced and practiced and practiced and it's not something that kind of phases us, you know, all that, all that talk, um, I suppose, you know, and there's a lot of needs, people out there that are quite confident in our ability. So, you know, that was thrown around a lot. Um, and look, it's great and it's, it's you know, it's it's in the media, it's fine. But I suppose it never, those things never come into our camp. You would have been about to build up to last year's all Ireland final, I suppose, relatively on a lower scale than you would have this year, I suppose. Did you, could you feel that? that you know, everyone knew your story now, you maybe they didn't know it as well. To come to find yeah, I, to honest, I actually thought there was, personally, I thought there was less of a hype this year. Um, maybe that was just the two weeks. Um, usually there's three, so it was a quick enough turnaround. Um, so we, you know, we get straight down to business. There was no meeting group this year either. So um, I suppose, no, like, personally, I didn't feel like there was kind of more hype this year or more pressure on us or anything like that um, you know it was just a bit of a, a different a different challenge I suppose last year we were heading in against Dublin hadn't ever played them um, maybe as massive underdogs um, and this year we were heading in maybe if we were even slight favourites I'm not even sure um, you know and we were familiar-ish with Kerry like I mean we haven't played them in over a year but um, I suppose we've been kind of keeping a close eye on them through the championship as well so um, look they were completely different years but I suppose we kept our preparation the same and yeah it's worked out for us more it could be hard to match last year's celebrations but you'll give it a good try <laughs> we'll give it a go yeah yeah. yeah. We're, quite, we're quite dedicated at that as well so well, uh, with the teachers not back to school well that's September, it that yeah that's we, we have a whole month of it before we go back so yeah, yeah we'll enjoy it yeah. Did he was actually just passed on a FaceTime to me there when I was walking around the stand. So yeah, I think he was able to watch it over in over in Mali. So um yeah, it's yeah. we're going worldwide. So Jimmy, that was uh you know, we were there for that interview. You can hear both of us asking a few questions there. Yeah. Um just reflecting back on the game uh, and we mentioned it to Maura about panic the the panic never set in like Kerry got off to a great start uh, got the first score on the board Kira Murphy with a point after two minutes then Louise Namara-Hartig um, after a, a straight pass coming out from defence Louise Namara-Hartig made conceded free and Louise got a point from that and then Mead lost a kick out uncharacteristically mm. losing a kick out 
Luis Namoraherty kind of lobs the ball towards the goal, not quite as high or as high a trajectory as Emma Duggan's was against Dublin last year, but same outcome, ball looped into the corner of the net, and all of a sudden Mead are one two to no score down after seven minutes. Or not on the script at all. Yeah. That well, must have been the most remarkable part, was it, for you to see how they they never panicked? Yes, well, I'm not, not surprised, uh, but certainly we have been concerned about the carry forwards beforehand and if they get room and if, you know, they, they were going to make hay and and it looked like, wow, Mead, they're just off the pace because Mead haven't played very well all year, have they? No, they're certainly not to full potential. They've struggled over matches that are mad, they've drew with Armagh, they struggled to beat Galway, it took, you know, yeah, I wouldn't mind. So, but, I wouldn't yeah. mind the struggle to beat Galway. Galway, uh, I think, are probably after Mead are the next well, best team in the country, team, yeah. superb team. But yeah, they, they weren't great. They were one fourteen or one fifteen to a point against Monaghan. Wasn't the emphatic the way it should have been. Monaghan aren't the threat to ones where they drew nine points each with Armagh. They kind of gave a few other players come in and started the game. That uh, it wasn't a game Mead needed to win. Um, yeah, tough one but, against Galway. Mm. and a tough one against Donegal who are an exceptional team as well you must remember Donegal put three goals by Dublin and beat them Surely, in, yeah. a, in an All-Ireland quarter-final so. but no but the panic situation no because it, I mean the, you, you reflect back to last year against Cork and, and Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final and final they didn't panic there was, there was loads of opportunities for the me team to sort of uh, throw in the towel as it were in those games loads of opportunities to just say oh look we've tried our best and we're not going to make it here but that the psychology the collective psychology of the team is not like that it's built, built on much firmer foundations and they they just uh, they weren't, we knew they were going to come back at some stage well, how important was that they got that goal quickly you know if that if that five point deficit if that had gone Dimmers, one, one yeah. two to a point one three to two points one four to three points you know if that four or five gap had remained for 20 minutes a half an hour maybe early into the second half it would have been a real concern but to get that goal so there were one two to no score down in the eighth minute uh by the tenth minute, they were only a point behind, one one to one two. Yeah. So within two minutes, they had turned it around. Obviously, it was a huge boost, but you knew they were going to come back at some stage. Uh, you know, but at the same time, it didn't look good earlier on. You no. know, but well, again, we refer to the, like the the work we, as we knew as well that they had worked with uh, a psychologist, Kelly Fay, and that's the kind of resilience they're, they're built on. Did, but it, it, that comes from deep inside themselves too, in the sense that you know they're. They're winners. They're they 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 won't accept defeat easily. Instead, instead of looking maybe that deep at it, did you think their game plan changed? Were they forced to come out of that ultra defensive shell and quick counter attack that they played? They came out of that a little bit, didn't they? And, and yes, they kind they of stepped up and played on the front foot. But their a game is so more. fluid anyway. For yeah. I mean, Mary Kate, full back, brilliant full back, but she was down. Emma, Emma was back. Def- you know, it's Emma so Duggan was superb. Emma, Emma Troy as well. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was back defending and then one moment then down attacking the next when you think Emma Duggan wore 11 on her back and Emma Troy wore 6 Emma yeah. Duggan was probably our best defender and Emma Troy scored 1-1 <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. just the turnovers from Emma Duggan were uh, that fascinated me the amount of work she got through I was just but so I, pleased so she yeah. dropped 4 shots short into the keeper which isn't apparent, isn't like her and scoring is our natural game. But by Jay, she did some amount of work yesterday. But I think the, the way the play reflects the uh, the freedom that the players are given in the in the environment, uh, the culture created by Eamon and others in the management team, where they're allowed to float and free to move and make their own decisions and, you know, get back when they need to, get forward when they need to. And they don't have to, they're not st- stuck, you know, rigidly to one position and it's it's a sense of, there's a great sense of freedom about the whole setup, so, yeah, and one of the reasons for their success, I think, you know, looking at from outside the outside the camp. Yeah, so from one two to no score down, they went one six to one two up, and right. uh, in, in that you know one six in that uh, from the ninth to the twenty fourth minute in that spell, and then 
they kind of missed a few opportunities to kind of really put Kerry away and they allowed them get, they allowed Kerry to be patient and kick a couple of scores unchallenged. I don't think 1-8 to 1-5 at halftime really reflected how dominant Mead were in that first half. Um, they allowed Kerry stay in it. We were a little bit worried at halftime that we hadn't, weren't we, when we were talking in the press room, that they hadn't really pushed, pushed clear that we thought their dominance deserved. Were you in it for the tea, Fergal, and the sandwiches? Yeah, no, I, no I, sandwiches. I, <laughs> they were no, gone. No, no, you you gone had them the, all left. gone by that stage. Well, yes. uh, it's I the joys of three stayed, games in the Crow I Park. Stayed out, and I, I remember saying to Sean Wall, a colleague of ours, uh, they'll win this. Uh, well, no, I did feel confident at that stage because they, they hadn't really played. They were, they were beginning to get momentum. Yeah, I was still confident, but I just thought we should have been more than three up at halftime. I thought we should have been five up, six mm-hmm. up maybe at halftime, that we'd yeah. let Kerry stay in the game and we'd let a few chances we, and we'd let a few chances uh, right. slip by us. Um, then the second half, well, it wasn't as high a quality. Uh, and as we mentioned in the paper, it but it was equally thrilling. So Mead, Mead outscore Kerry in the second half, 2-2 two, two to two points. So Kerry, this is the, the best attack in the championship. 15 goals in four games. Best mm. attack in the championship. They get two points in the second half against Mead. And Mead go, they're the team that goes down and get the goals then. Brigetta Lynch is brilliant when she came on. Brilliant, brilliant finish, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was lovely to see a player like that, you know, who has uh, played cameo roles in various matches over the years. Uh, and, well, she started uh, she st- every game last year. She stayed in members, she stayed, uh, you know, a member of the squad. And, you know, and to, uh, to come on and get an opportunity like that. And she took it. She took it uh, and took the goal extremely well. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, it was great. Yeah, great she did. She didn't drop the head when her first effort came off the crossbar. She reacted quickest, mm. so her effort came back off the crossbar, and she's the first one to react and then put ball and goalie and net and the whole lot. Nearly yeah. ended up on the train tracks behind L sixteen. She <laughs> she buried it that hard. Yeah. But it was it was uh, disappointing for some players as well. Need Galogi maybe not to get yeah. a run. Yeah, Need yeah. had been injured yeah. in the lead up. She had a groin yeah. injury in the lead up to the game and, and only really proved her fitness in the last training session uh, I think during Johnston uh, Johnston House last weekend and she only managed to prove her fitness to take her place on the bench so it was hard luck on her um, and that's why when we talk about the girls that are going to Australia so it was a great win for Mead All-Ireland Champions again now you look to the future so there are girls going to Australia well, yeah. but when you look at that bench okay Players like Vicky Wall are irreplaceable. There's only one Vicky Wall. Um, mm. You know, there's only one Louise Nomura Hartick. There's only one Amy Mackin. These are Orlando, marquee yeah. players. These are players that are, are irreplaceable. But when you have talent on the bench and you see Brigetta Lynch coming on, now I know Brigetta is one of, one of the, uh, the older stands there on the panel, but you see someone like her, you see um, Neve Gilogli still on the bench there as well. Outstanding players at minor level, Livy Gore, Saoirse Kane, um, Emma White coming off the bench yesterday, Maeve Byrne, Orla Byrne coming in off the bench, did a great job and, and we send our uh, best wishes to Avian Leahy. I hope she's all right. Her knee was well strapped up and she was on crutches, but she was still well able to join in the celebrations in Knightsbrook last night. But Sarah Wall has to come back into the team. Anya Sheridan, desperately unlucky this year to injure her shoulder in, the, in the, one of the league games. She had she'd been a revelation. So while we're going to lose key players, there's definitely strength and depth and quality there that this me team could well go yeah, for three in a row. It'd be yeah. tough. Well, um, yeah, Neve uh, uh, sort of made reference to that as well. Like, you know, the, okay, the, they're losing two extremely talented players in Vicky and Orla Valley uh, to the, the Aussie rules. But, I mean, there's still players there. There's still players there that can come in and sort of make, ensure that this is a very formidable team moving forward. Uh, Eamon made a reference to it as well. He, he was saying, uh, made a little, I suppose, a little aside uh, about comments made in the media during the week that... Uh, the, we, the team had no bench really yeah, you know? yeah. yeah ridiculous and, and uh, it didn't know strength and bench uh, certainly compared to the Kerry um, collection like me they've used their full complement yeah. of four or five subs anyway in every game that that was a nonsense statement whoever whoever well, made I that I heard one. it myself on, on, on a news talk or one of those uh, 
sessions. Um, and yeah, look, it's it, it, it proved to be a false. It proved to be false. Their young players are fair. You probably need a bit more experience. I think, I think maybe that's why. Well, Neve Locke played has played in all the All Ireland finals. Oh, Neve, so, yeah, you was, know, yeah, um, and Bridget, Bridgetta was there. Bridgetta has played in the ball. Um, Sarah Orla was there. Arla Bourne was there to come on. But played um, in all the All-Ireland finals. Sarah Wall has played, uh, obviously injured last year, but she started in All-Ireland Intermediate <laughs> Final a couple if, of years ago. you didn't ago. know the rest of the players... Or a Duff is another one with serious yeah, experience. experience. So, she has plenty of experience, yeah, you yeah. know. And then you, you, we haven't even mentioned girls from the minors last year, like Kira Smith and Orla Mallon, mm. exceptional footballers that are going to come through. And there's more. There mm. are more coming. Like uh, I just think that this is a golden period in, in Mead Ladies football. And okay, the team is going to break up a little bit now. But, you know, Orla Lally and Vicky Wall could be back for next year's championship. There's that possibility. So while people are saying they're gone to Australia, they're gone, mm. they could be back for next year's championship. Well, the AFL can season... They, can they go further? I, I know the AFL season finished around April or something like March, that, doesn't I think, it? Yeah. March, yeah. Okay, but I mean, can you uh, I think, do you think an Aussie Rules team, they're paying these girls, they're, you know, oh, that's uh, that, I'm sure they've all, is it, is it, they've all come back. The, Cora Lauren Stanton, McGee's she, she and Cora Staunton. Well, Cora Staunton had finished playing with Mayo before she went. But did she, before that, she used to come back here, did no, she? No, Cora only went to Australia after she finished playing with Mayo. She had long finished. She had fallen out with the whole uh, yeah. Clonbor or Cornacon thing. Uh, and they had fallen out with their manager at the time. Mm. Uh, so she had stopped playing with Mayo. But your Lauren McGee's and your Goldies uh, with Sinead Goldrick, Goldrick with Dublin, uh, Orla Dwyer came back and played with Tipperary against Mead uh, last year. Um, all these players come back and play with their county. Mm. The problem with the AFLW is that they've extended their season. So it now starts a week earlier. Vicky should be down there already, but she got, and Orla got special dispensation from the clubs to, to wait until Mead were finished this year. If Mead were to get to an All-Ireland final next year, Vicky and Orla mightn't be around. But there's nothing yeah. to say that they couldn't help them get there. Mm. And you get there, right. anything can happen. There's nothing to say that... Me could get to an All Ireland final next year, and and some of those players get injured in the semi final. I wouldn't be available sort of, anyway. Sort of hoping that the club will, will sort of no 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 no. They're contracted the for a season. Their season. They're playing season. What to do outside of that? Well, once they're finished, the playing season, the contract ends. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. think yeah, they're free to come back and play. Like you'll have. I think. Um, again, I, I'd need to check it out, and uh, I'm hoping to talk to Vicky this week um, for the paper, but. I think um, when when there's, I think they could be back next March. Right, well, that'd be great. Fit as fiddles with six months uh, professional training underneath yeah. the belt. Great, Jesus Christ, the fitter, stronger, faster, yeah. Orla Lally and Vicky Wall. Yeah, God, well, God help well, the LGFA next year. Well, God help the referees that have to. I thought again, we must make a point there. I thought some of the calls against Vicky Wall yesterday were shocking, and and to send her off again. The third game in a row, punishing a player who's who's strong. Uh, I wouldn't say okay, yeah, she is physical, but strong and fast, and then just punishing her, yellow card in her on her final game in an All Ireland final. You know, before she heads off to Australia, it just was it was it was poor actor talk. Although I think uh, you did mention, you know, there was the chance, I suppose, that she had a, that the fans could applaud her. I think you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, like they yeah, could applaud her uh, individually, as it were. Yeah, she got now, that. She got that. She got that star player after yeah. scoring a hat trick, getting a chance yeah, to yeah. go off and wave to not that, not that she waved to the crowd because she was fuming because she was yellow carded. Yeah. Um, but after the crowd had booed the decision by the referee, they turned in and gave her an absolutely rapturous uh, send off coming off the field like it, it must have been music to her ear to hear how much she was appreciated but mm. look at yeah. me uh, it was a magnificent day for me ladies two in a row who would ever have taught it um, who would have ever taught it two uh, years ago you know well definitely in 20 14 when, when Cork were beating them by 40 points or 2015 whatever mm. year that was when Cork beat them by 40 points um, we never thought we'd see this day that there'd be one All-Ireland Intermediate uh, three National Leagues and to cap it top it all off two Brendan Martin Cups it was great to see the Brendan Martin Cup there in Knightsbrook last night great night had by all I'm sure uh, 
media we celebrated together Annie and myself uh, and David Sheehan from Adam FM and Mickey and Davey from the right. We Are Mead podcast so right. they have to get their work done we all have to get our work done up early this morning but we celebrated Absolutely. and joined in and um, this uh, I'm sure the podcast this podcast mightn't be out before 3 o'clock so the today so there's the, um, the homecoming for the team in the fair green we hope that goes well the weather is holding up so hopefully it doesn't have the downpour yeah, so I, think, I think they're saying rain maybe from 6 o'clock because so of course, we might get away didn't get a chance to have a homecoming last year because no. of COVID yeah, yeah. and I know they were really looking forward to this yeah. today so hopefully it goes hopefully well hopefully it goes yeah. well yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy we'll just move on quickly because uh, we're, we're well into the podcast now ladies all Ireland final wasn't the only thing on at the weekend um, the senior hurling championship kind of is getting into as Alex Ferguson used to like to say it's getting into squeaky bum time for a lot of clubs but I suppose Group A is starting to shape up as we as we would have expected it to shape up Kildalki's win over Nafina in Longwood on Friday night kind of uh, has has Nafina had two draws in their first two games so they knew that a win over Kildalki on Friday night would have knocked the champions right back and would have put them in pole position to fill one of those top four spots but Kildalki when they needed to came out and uh, oh. 13 points from Nicky Potterton. Uh, Kildalki proved too strong, 118 to 110. Nafina had 16 wides in the game. So they're now on two points. Kildalki are on two points. Uh, Nafina do have Dunboyne to play, but I think Kildalki also have Dunboyne to play. Dunboyne looked like the team that every other team in yeah. the group is going to beat. Trim, right. Trim hammered them 124 to six points. Uh, James Murray gave a masterclass in that one with 15 points for Trim. So Group A in the Senior Hurling Championship, it's starting to shape up. Kiltail beat Retolt yesterday morning before we headed up to Crow Park. So it's starting to look. It's Kiltail are top of the group with six points and into the into the knockout mm. stages. Uh, Trim are on five points and into knockout stages. Retolt are on three, Kildalki on two and Nafine on two. So it's two from that three to go through to the knockout stages. The top two of the group, of course, go straight into a semi-final. So Trim and Kintail are in pole position to fill those top two positions. Um, but in the other group then, you you covered a couple of games in the other group. Uh, Blackhawk yeah, Gales against, against Sportsmill. Sportsmill. Blackhawk were very impressive. 117 yeah. to seven points. Very impressive. And... Um, um, not, not, not seven. Yes, I'm not seventeen to one seven. Yeah, so uh, they're very impressive, Fergal. They, they really worked hard. They, were, they took their scores from distance, and that's uh, so important these days to be able to do that. Of course, because you know you bypass any um, any defence that contains a sweeper and so on. So, and but they they struck the ball very cleanly. Did a lot of practice, a lot of work on there. Mark Lynch is a manager there, and uh, of course, only people like Christy Mangan very much involved, you know, and, and people like that. So, you know, of course, there's only two teams coming out of Group B. Yes. Um, so, Killine look, Killine look, yeah. odds on, although they were held to a draw. They were held to a draw surprising. by Longwood yesterday, yeah. who had lost their first two matches. So, Longwood were really fighting for their lives yesterday, and they played like it, and were very unlucky not to. Uh, they'll be kicking themselves today when they reflect back and on that game because they had the chances, a couple of goal chances. Stephen Quinn made a couple of good saves. Now the chances for points were some very disappointing wides from their perspective, and uh, but they played really with great spirit and fight there, and uh, they, they have a, they have a chance, I suppose, still. You know, the, the, yeah, Kil- Kilmesson's win over Clannagale has kind of blown up uh, that race for the second place. Uh, it looked like Clannagale had been going well. They won their first two games. Mm. Uh, but they're after uh, slipping up now and let Kilmesson back into the race there. So, uh, Kilmesson, as we say, looking odds on. Would, would you like to call at this stage? You've got Clannagale on four points, Blackhawk Gales on four points. Kilmesson on two, Boards Mill on two. Would you like to call who joined well, them in the quarterfinal? I would. Well, well I, I was impressed with Blackhawk Gales. They, could, they yeah. could do, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Clannagale are very good too and Kilmesson are a big, 
be a huge threat. Yeah, well, Clemesson, yeah. uh, we were speculating it would be Clemesson v. or Clemesson and Caroline at this you know, before the championship. But yeah, Conor Gale have come in and are Conor dark Gale. horses now, yeah. Well, I think uh, Black Hall Gales are uh, dark horses for everyone in that oh, Black Hall, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, they, play, they played well. They're, 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 they're certainly, uh, they've got experienced players, John Myler, there are players like that. So and I'll, I'll go for Black Hall. And see how that goes. Okay, so that was uh, the the third round of the Senior Hurling Championship. So two rounds left in the Senior Hurling Championship. But next week uh, sees the start of the Senior Football Championship, Jimmy. Uh, all yeah. the action getting underway. It's the one probably that a lot of people are looking forward to. Um, champions, Wolf Tones, um, didn't have the best of uh, of league campaigns, you might say, and uh, maybe a little bit of hangover from winning the Keegan Cup last year. And they're going to face a really tough opener on Friday night um, against Screen, who are the All-Ireland uh, seven-a-side seven. champions. So Friday yeah. night in Park Tolchin, Wolf Tones against Screen. Yeah, it's great to see the championship back up and going again. Fergal, you know, it's, it's slightly different this year in the sense of already the, the junior and the intermediate is already well underway. Yeah, but uh, some teams some are... Teams, some, anyway. some teams, the 14 groups in the intermediate are only getting going this yeah, week. Some, yeah, Other but, teams in the fighting groups have one foot already in yeah. quarterfinals. And uh, yeah, it's a bit bizarre the way it's going. But yeah. What's on screen? Would you like screen? to call that one? Well, um, you know... So, Wolf Tones that they they have a Martin McDermott there, you Michal, know. Yeah, sorry, Michal McDermott. He's um, he's got them playing in a certain way. He's got them playing with confidence. So I'm going to go for Wolf Tones. Okay, I am going to go with Screen. I think Davy Bourne has done a great job. Um, he switched over. Obviously, he led Rato to a senior championship, and he's now with Screen. I think he's done a great job. So I, I fancy Screen actually to. Maybe I can't remember what I wrote for the paper, so some <laughs> yeah. some of my predictions now will probably yeah. contradict. But that's right. the nature of the Mead Senior Football Championship. You just don't know it. It's not it's not the most easily predicted thing. The other game in that group uh, probably might be a little bit easier to call. It's in Arcat, actually a lovely facility, uh, belonging to St Vincent's Club there, Arcat, where Central Town will play St Colin Kills, and that's on Saturday at half six. Um. St. Colin Kill, surely. Got into the Division 1 final, you know, and so we're, we're probably unfortunate. I didn't, was not that match, but uh, probably unfortunately lose Summerhill Fargo, whether we were at the I wasn't at it, no. I was covering yeah. something else, yeah. but uh, yeah, they were they were brought it to extra time, and Summerhill, Barry Dardis pushed Summerhill over the line yes, there, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, you fancy St. Colin Kills to beat. Like that back, isn't it? Yeah, you, you fancy St. Colin Kills to beat Sanchezstown, anyway. Yes. Group B then um, is probably the most wide open group in the all and, and the most tastiest game of the whole lot is the meeting of Kevin Riley's trim against Darren Vay's Navin and Mahoney's. And uh, you've heard that right. That's not a mix up. It's uh, Navin Mahoney's man, Kevin Riley over trim. And uh, trim man Darren Fay over Navin Amani's. Try and say that with a few points on it. Take some time with that. That's the big game. Trim, trim are uh, the intermediate champions, haven't got to the All Ireland Intermediate Club final last year. So Sunday in Park Tulchin at four o'clock. Yeah. Uh, that should be a cracker. It's well, all, all I, four I, teams, I, all four teams in this group will fancy their chance of coming out of it. Yeah. Well, Yet all four teams could also find themselves. <laughs> Relegated. Well, one of my, as one of my said, uh, supporters said to me there a couple of days ago, it might not be pretty, and uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, Manny are rebuilding. They're they're struggling big time. They're rebuilding. Yeah, didn't they, win a game in the league. Lost all eleven game games league, and, yeah, and, and, and struggled. But championship football is championship football mm, without stating the bleeding no, obvious. Fair, no, not not on this occasion. Trim, you know, trim, trim, trim uh, right. Uh, yeah. trim, I think could could even win the, the whole thing out. Like, easy, right? easy, let's, easy, let's Jimmy, easy, easy. Yeah, I know. I'm a trim. I'm a trim. Uh, no, club man and uh, I hope you're right but uh, we're going to pull the carry on this one uh, Yara sure you know that we're only happened. the new boys up we have no chance we'll just play one game sure we can survive in senior we'll be happy enough yeah. <laughs> that would be the mantra but uh, to have the to have the team to, to win this if, you know yeah great players great great lads great management they're they're uh, they're, they're flying um, but I said haven't played senior football since 2011 uh, no matter what way you, you butter it up, senior football is another step up from mm. intermediate level. So that's going to be tough. The other game in that group uh, is on Saturday uh, in screen. 
sees McNally take on Curraha. Uh, bad and all, as, as O'Mahony's season has been in Division 1A, Curraha's has been equally disappointing in 1B. Yeah, day. struggling uh, big time. So you'd have to fancy Minaldi in that yeah, one. Yeah, I think so, Fergal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the, the odds are, but it'll be very strong there. And yeah, I'll do have good players, obviously James McIntyre, the Moriarty's, Andrew Barsby. They, they have a lot of good players, but uh, it's just, uh, it looks like it's going to be a bridge too far for them this year. Um, group C, the group of death, as it's known. Um, you think Gail Colin Kill, Donamore Ashburn, Retolt, and Simonstown. Two of those teams are going to be in a relegation playoff this year. Yeah, well, that it's, is it's Simon Sound are going through their own travails now, and uh, they've lost their manager, haven't they? Have they? Well, that, yeah, let's see. Uh, have they lost manager? Yeah, I mean, I their manager is Colin O'Rourke or was yeah. Colin O'Rourke we assume, I don't know if we can assume he's staying with them until yeah. the end of the championship. No. I don't know. Is there any rule against it? There isn't. Probably sure. isn't. No, no, his his. Time as Mead manager, I suppose, doesn't officially start until the first ball is thrown in in the Bourne Cup. Uh, but that'll yeah. be the first game, even though obviously there's a lot of work to go on before that. But Retort yeah, against Simonstown in Ashburn. Has, we have to find out. Retort against, well, I think Gail Collicken in Simonstown, yeah. Um, no, no. Retort v Simonstown in yeah. Ashburn on oh, Sunday, sorry, 6 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have to go Retort, would you? Yes. You know, a team on on the way up. You know, a team that he didn't perform as well as they, they would have hoped last year. Yeah, well, going but for three it, in a row was, was, you know, the, was always going to be tough. Yeah, but I think to be refreshed this time around. Okay, you know, Wallace is the you know and like Brian McMahon and so on with the, McGowns. Partolchin then on Sunday two o'clock. Gail Colin Kill against Dunmore Ashburn. Yes, uh, Gail Conn Kill. Um, they've, they've lost one or two of their players, haven't they? You know, yeah, a couple of seemingly have, have stepped away, but uh, here then there might be a few have come back then as well. Dunmore Ashburn stunned them in the in the quarterfinals of the championship last year. Um, you know, a lot of high hopes for Gail Conn Kill last year after losing the previous year's final in such dramatic fashion against uh, Retolt. There was high hopes that they could maybe kick on last year and win it, but. Uh, they didn't, and Dunmore Ashburn ended their chances. So it, it, it'll be a good game in Partholchen on Sunday, two o'clock. Tight one to call. Tight one, yes. Um, you know, so why are you going for further in this one? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to stick with Gail Colin Kill. Yes. You don't think... become a bad team, even though they were backed yeah. by Dunmore Ashburn last year. Uh, I still think they've got. A lot of classy players, a lot of heavy scorers, uh, strong defenders, good midfield. I think they're a good outfit. Yeah, I think I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. They, I mean, they're only in the final there. Uh, but it's remarkable, to think that, it's remarkable to think that two of Donamore Ashburn, Retolt, Simonstown, and uh, who else did we say? Um, Retolt... Um, and Kells are, are going to be in a relegation that's unbelievable it's it's unthinkable the two of them are going to be involved in relegation all four would be if you said that that was your four semi-finalists you'd have said oh yeah that's fair enough that, that's justified but the two of them are going to be in relegation anyway the last group then Friday night uh, in Trim at 7.30 sees St. Peter's Dumboyne against Summerhill uh, the two heavyweights in this group uh, Banabraki and Nafina are the other two teams in it again any of the four teams can come out of this group and this game is probably crucial Dumboyne against Summerhill yeah this will be a fascinating tussle but uh, I'm going for Summerhill in this Fargo because they've got a very you know extensive attacking options yeah um, Owen Frayne there you know Barry Dard is back as we as we mentioned Adam McDonald uh, yeah, yeah Connor Frayne as well and yeah there's, you know, there's so, plenty of options yeah so I, I'll go for Summerhill in that what about yourself yeah I'll, be, I'll probably be the same I think Dumboyne can be a little bit inconsistent I think on their day they're, they're definitely individually talented exceptional team they remind you very similar type to Retote that individually they're brilliant footballers just doesn't click for them on a consistent basis one week they can be superb they can score 421 I think in one or two of the games of the championship last year and then turn around in a county final and only manage nine points yeah. um, you know so they're just that inconsistency leads you to be concerned about them 
Uh, so yeah, I'll go with Summerhill as well. Um, and then the last game is Palna uh, Bracky against Nafina on Saturday at half six in yeah. St. Finian's Park, Clonard. Well, my, well, yes, well, my money is going on Nafina in this one. Uh, you know, they've, again, they've got ex- very good players. They've, they usually qualify, don't they? In recent yeah, years, yeah. You know, again, one of those teams that some makes it out of tight situations in group games and and, and Ban- gets into the knockout stages. Yeah, Ban and Brack, you're a good side as well. Picked up three points last year and yet found themselves in a. So they picked up three points and found themselves in relegation trouble last year. Whereas in a different group, Dunham Ashburn got two points and were in a quarter final. Right. So. Banabraki are capable of producing results. They have excellent players. The two Carols, David, Damien, super players. Uh, Danny Quinn, obviously super player. Good young minors coming through as well. Nafina, obviously, um, a lot of dual players there. So, you know, likes of Oshin McCluskey, Shane yeah. Walsh, Eaton Divine. Uh, Eaton Divine will have been through a lot of football or a lot of hurling. Um, so they'll be sharp. Uh, so, yeah, will respect. they be sharp or will they be tired? That's, well, the, that's the thing. Well, you'd like to think maybe to be sharp. Yeah, I think it'll be tight in Clannard on Saturday but uh, I think Nafina yeah maybe just for that one yeah go for that myself yeah okay. uh, full round um, as I said of intermediate as well um, but we're just conscious of time here and, and uh, if people are out running and they're listening to the podcast they might think because I'm after doing over an hour here I better go home so <laughs> uh, look at plenty of uh Coverage of the ladies' final in this week's Me Chronicle. Extensive coverage of it. It really will be a souvenir edition. Uh, make sure if you can Picture John Quirk's pictures as get, well from the big get day. out there. Buy a buy a paper uh, is our hashtag when we when we're trying to promote the paper online. So buy a paper. Uh, get the Me Chronicle, and uh, you know hopefully you've enjoyed this week's edition of, of the podcast. If you've any comments, send us an email to sports at meadchronicle.ie drop us a message on Twitter at Mead Sports uh, or contact us on Facebook the Mead Chronicle's Facebook page but uh, if you want I, to give out about the predictions uh, contact Fergal yeah the, yeah, uh, yeah I have the uh, filing cabinet for complaints here it's yeah. uh, the refuse is corrected once a week so uh, any any complaints about the predictions you can direct them there but uh, I've been Fergal Lynch i uh, delighted to be joined by Jimmy Gagan again for this week's edition of the Mead Chronicle Sportcast talk a good game Say hi!